All right, we're going to get started. We have a panel going on on, uh, well, let me back up a slide. Uh, wireless without borders, an evening of Wi-Fi 4G and 5G. Fancy title. Fancy title. She, oh, 7G. Huawei is working on that. You got to go talk to Huawei. Um, so we have with us our esteemed panelists uh, from all across the Wi-Fi and cellular industries. So I'm going to have the panelists do their own quick bios. Please pass as you go, and then we'll get started. Okay. Uh, I am Jennifer Manella, or JJ, JJX on Twitter, um, and so I'm coming out of 20 years in a integrator consulting role and doing primarily security uh, security consulting for um, enterprise security architecture with Vision Security Now. Hi, uh, my name is Tony Singh. Um, I've been in the wireless industry for 17 years. When I say wireless, it's basically cellular side of it. Um, and I work with IBO right now. This is my first time WLPC and it's awesome. Thank you. Hey guys, I'm Yossi, uh, the wireless janitor, founder and CEO of Hamina Wireless. Uh, been in wireless for 20 plus years, uh, pretty much all of which more or less with wireless design. Fantastic. Good evening. I'm Chandler Heath. I'm technical solutions architect with Worldwide. I've been in the industry, in the tech industry, 35 years. Actually, this should be 35 years. Um, been in wireless for probably 20 of that. So. Hello everyone, I'm Puneet, I head product management for Salona, and we have our awesome team here who've been doing a great job for the last two days. Uh, my experience, I, back in the day I did do 4G gateways when they first came out, I was building those, and then made transition over to product management and have taken a bunch of roles in different startups, most recently being uh, Nianza, which is an AI ops platform for, uh, for Wi-Fi platforms. So yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bit about myself. Okay, so we're just gonna have some informal you know, Q&A discussion, and uh, I'll throw out a couple questions, and anybody who wants to answer can. Um, maybe I'll throw it to one of you first uh, to, to start the, the, the discussion. So maybe Puneet, for you to start, let's, sure. let's start with that one. Um, what are some new app, uh, opportunities for application developers and use cases with, uh, with f private 5G? What are we seeing? Awesome, awesome. Yeah, this is, a, this is a topic that I am personally very, very excited about. So in my bio, I didn't talk about, so my, one of the startups that I did product management for was Talkbox, which is a communication platform as a service, something like Twilio, right? So they basically took communication and gave it to the developers, and we saw all the kind of amazing applications that came out of it, right? Um, and when we think about network infrastructure, we don't really have that kind of a mindset. But I, one thing that we want to do as part of Salona is actually want to open up our platform to application developers. And there are two kinds of application developers, right? One is the enterprise application developers who are trying to use our APIs, create the network operations, dashboards, and improve their workflows and streamline that. But we want to take it one step further and say, hey, because cellular allows you to provide predictable, predictable performance to applications on the network, can you now open up your platform, your APIs, to application developers where they can actually request for a certain microslice in a dynamic manner? They can define applications in a manner where you can actually have an application definition language, right? So that's the vision that we have, that we want to open up our APIs beyond just what 
typically we think about from a developer perspective and actually have application developers directly talk to the system and be able to program it to meet the needs of the application. So that's, that's I really think there's a huge opportunity with particularly the way cellular allows you to deliver the application performance assurance, and then also how Salona has kind of architected it. Yeah. So if I'm understanding that correct, something like network as a service where application developers can programmatically tell the network how to operate to facilitate they take an SDK from Salona, embed it into their uh, apps, and the apps automatically, based on the performance that they see from the network, can then dynamically create these slices as they need it. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else want to chime in? Uh, I think um, last couple of years we taught COVID taught one thing. Uh, we always talk about cellular Wi-Fi. We always think about big cities, but we forgot about rural areas. Uh, we forgot about uh, telehealth. So this two years brought up one thing that you not only need cell phone coverage uh, in big buildings, but you need it in houses. So that's kind of totally revolutionized things up there. Like previously, doctors never see a patient through. I joke with everybody. My wife is a have chronic illness, so she sees doctor monthly. But previously, doctor, you have to go to office, see her, them, spend one hour, go there, come back one hour. Now, doctors can just see you remotely. They can check your monitors capabilities up there. Think about the rural area. Um, I live in an area which have some rural areas. They didn't have good connectivity. Kids were struggling. So this brought a lot of different, different opportunities up there. A, one of my friends, like in Korea, they said, everybody have three devices. Up here, we have one device. So there are a lot of opportunities up there to provide good services to the customers, and again, I'm not application side of it, it's RF side of it. So I think there's a need up there, and having different different frequency, different opportunities can help them out. <laughs> yeah, I think what we're seeing in the IoT space is on mobile edge compute, you know, deploying of applications. There's a lot of opportunities for Kubernetes and you know all the orchestration and, and automation you know that exists in that space, and that's very very heavy on application uh, development. Okay, um, maybe the next question, I'll, uh, let, let's go to you, UC. Um, how should we plan for a large number of RF designs with multiple technologies in an enterprise now? We're seeing Wi-Fi, we're seeing uh, private LT and 5G, we're seeing IoT uh, protocols like LoRa, Zigbee, and others. Um, how do enterprises and enterprise IT staff need to, to think about this now? How can they accomplish this? probably starts with use cases so so um, you know what use cases you have then you choose the right technologies then you start drilling down from there like you know capacity needs coverage needs and also increasingly you know more advanced things like roaming and thing, things of that nature but I think yeah the, the use case drives the technology choice and then then you know we can get to the nitty-gritty with uh, you know nerdy tools like ours and theirs uh, from there is that fair to say yeah no, I, th I think there's, um, see, the more we want to make it, like, we want to exp expand our group. We don't want to keep group very small. We want more people to learn the technology, learn design, get more comfortable, so more people can do the design, more people can sell the product, and more technology people have access to technology. Um, again, we are competitors one way, but I think competition brings best of everybody else. And like me and Juicy were talking about, there's everybody product having pros and cons, and they fit pretty certain scenarios and stuff for that. Now. So I think there's a great opportunity up there, great people coming up there, and I think competition will bring better technology and better access to everybody else. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I think uh, like what's often forgotten in this whole Wi-Fi, 5G, IoT discussion is actually the client devices dictate quite a bit, for example, the technology choices. So, so I mean, smart TVs don't have, uh, you, you know, they only have usually Wi-Fi, but then again with cell phones, it's totally different. And, you know, you know uh, but yeah, all I'm saying is like when we talk about the technology choices, uh, like client devices are often the most restricting factor uh, that drives us to a certain direction or the other. I don't know why you're looking at me. I, I'm nodding my head, but I know what, I mean, the conversation we've been having recently and, um, you know, writing some recent materials and, and talking to Wi-Fi alliances, you know, with Wi-Fi especially, there are so many endpoints where even though where there are standards, the endpoints don't comply with the standards. They're not certified for conformance with the standards or interoperability. And so it just makes it even just dealing with Wi-Fi in that, in that way is almost like dealing with four or five different technologies because of the variations. Okay. Well, maybe building off of that, um, we'll move into um, how will enterprises approach operation and management of both 5G, Wi-Fi, IoT, beyond just designing. But, I mean, they're, they're, you know, IT staffs are always, you know, tend to be un understaffed. And you're just putting more workload on their plate with more technologies, more systems to manage. What are the trends we're seeing now and, and what's the future that you see to be able to adopt these in the enterprise? Are they gonna, are they gonna converge? Are they gonna stay independent silos? How, can, how, how is that being viewed in the enterprise? Yeah, and actually we're seeing this right now with, with a lot of different technologies, including security. So creating workflows, uh, onboarding devices, uh, having them go through the approvals process, like using ServiceNow, for example, you know, real easy integration. Uh, we're seeing that, uh, you know, the demand for that, coupled with the security aspects. And when you onboard a device, it's in the correct groups. It's, you know, it's got access to only the applications and services that it needs to. Um, you know, that whole orchestration automation, you know, aspect um, is a big part of that. Um, time for the obligatory uh, shameless sales pitch. So, so we were actually talking about this with um, like, like two minutes ago. But, but uh, here's an example of, of automation. Like, I, I'm really a big fan of like how, how Celona and others are leading the way with API-driven uh, networks. So, so an example would be uh, related to this and, and the, the previous question. So you design a network that's uh, Wi-Fi and 5G capable. Uh, you know, dif different radios, di different uh, in different locations. But then, when you, for example, deploy this system with a push of a button, uh, you, you know, the, the deployment tool will push uh, the network plan both to the Wi-Fi management system uh, it, it will create you know the sites in the Wi-Fi management system all of that and does the same to the Celona 5G system so so it's just the APIs make so much possible in terms of workflow automation I'm, I'm very excited and I'm excited you guys kind of kind of leading the way uh... I have a definite thought here so I'm gonna roll back to the original question and say that like I think right now with a lot of enterprise IT security or any new technology because everybody feels like they're stretched thin, the answers are they throw their hands up in the air and they say, we're outsourcing that crap. <laughs> it's a man, you know, and so there's a big managed service play there because I think people, you know, right now, I think with everything being so new, especially in the U.S. with CBRS, it's, it's just educating the organizations and the professionals on the technology and what it means and then getting over that hump where they feel comfortable that they can handle it and they don't have to have they don't have to be a cellular specialist or a security specialist or whatever and i think you know the security stuff to chandler's point is 
much harder. Like you, you, you don't just spin up a sock and start and start doing that. But this is something where if your organization is managing Wi-Fi or another wireless technology, it is just a minor incremental step to learn something new and then handle it. I um, just wanted to add that your guys is, one of your guys' partners, um, MIST, did a pretty good webinar with, with uh, Walmart, like, I don't know, a year ago or something, uh, where Walmart was actually showing they, they have built their own whole network management system, and it's independent of the vendor, it's like, to my understanding, independent of the technology, stuff like that, all made possible by the API. So these are kind of the things that tangibly show uh, the power of automation. Uh, to use a cliche, I think people are kind of scratching the surface with 5G land right now. They're deploying it. They're understanding it. They're figuring out where it fits into their portfolio of access networks that they have. But the ones who are thinking ahead are already talking about, hey, what is my single pane of glass, right? I probably have a device, depending on the use case, that will show up on a Wi-Fi network. And maybe when I go outside, it'll probably show up on a, on a CBRS, maybe a cellular network. How do I get a common view of all of that? And a lot of that will be driven by APIs and also integrations between these vendors that have to kind of come together and make this uh, possible. So um, coming from a seller background, I can tell you one thing. There's two different ways of looking at things. If you look at Wi-Fi, it's kind of very open architecture. You can take the KPIs, you can build data. This conference was just showing me that. There are so many people took the data and they played with it and they make it awesome. Cellular side is a little different. It's more secure, like it's more secure in the sense they have more security protocols which don't have access to it. I was RF engineer, I didn't have access to a lot of things. KPIs thing, I didn't have access to it. So if something goes bad, I have to call carriers, call this one happen. So until unless like both we, I feel there's a different like, hey, people think Wi-Fi is separate, people think cellular is separate, but they should think of mobility purpose of it. If you want to deliver a good product to the customer and make want more adoption of it, what we need to do is work together like Juicy and everybody else said up here, you need to make sure everybody troubleshoot easily, easily to maintain and manage it. Until you don't have that, you're always gonna have challenges up there. Mm -hmm. Nobody, will, one person will know everything. It's, that's the biggest challenge, so. Just a, just a quick add to that. Um, IT, I hear a lot of IT, but OT is a big part of this as well. And what I'm finding is products like Salona, the self-organizing networks, are perfect for an IT and OT environment where you've got two different groups that have two different sets of rules and you know, two different sets of security postures, right? So uh, for us to be able to deploy things like that, we can provide that near air-gapped experience you know, with this product and also um, have it uh, secure. Okay, so um, maybe we'll throw this one to Jennifer to start with. Um, how should we think about network security when it comes to private 5G? That's a great question. <laughs> Does anybody have any ideas? No. Um, I mean, and this has been a big part of my life for the past several months, right? Um, with technology vendors and with, with customers that are looking to implement this because much to my surprise for as, for as new as this is and as much as I love this technology, um, I really felt like the adoption and interest was going to be kind of slow. And there are organizations that are already interested in, we're not necessarily talking about replacing Wi-Fi in bulk at once, but we are forward thinking enough that we see that that might happen with a large subset of our endpoints. And so then it's risk and compliance conversations, it's controls frameworks, it's PCI and it's everything else and having the conversations with, you know, the people that are making those standards, uh, the people that are the auditors for those standards and kind of 
you know, getting an understanding of how we're mapping. And if you look at, I mean, we were actually, we were talking about this just about half an hour ago. You're like, with this standards, they're not really specific to Wi-Fi. It's, if you're transmitting something wirelessly over the air, it needs to be encrypted and the encryption algorithm needs to be of a certain, of a certain type and the key links need to be of a, of a certain length and strength. And so we can take all of that and it directly correlates to what we're doing with private cellular networks. So it's, it's really not as cumbersome as I think people would imagine it being. Um, we're already pretty, pretty well down the road, even though this is pretty new, and I'm excited to keep seeing people. Yeah. From a security you know, framework perspective, are you seeing more um, immediate needs to understand the infrastructure security or how that imp impacts like application security and application traffic flows and, and the related aspects around that? Uh, well, it, it's all of it. And so, you know, the, typically the application stuff gets tested a little bit differently. So that's, you know, especially if it's custom applications. Um, and the people doing that testing aren't necessarily the people doing like network security testing. Um, but uh, the big part of, just like with, with Wi-Fi or anything else on network security, the biggest piece where people kind of foobar is with the architecture and how they're integrating stuff, right? It, it's, well, especially with cellular because it's inherently, with, I have little caveats and asterisks with the statement, but it's inherently naturally because of the protocols more secure than Wi-Fi out of the box. Um, but if you start integrating it into your LAN or whatever you're doing with it and you are not following best practices for that, then there's that, the same gap you have. Yeah, so with the rise of private 5G, and it's all happening, uh, I would assume, in the next two years, pretty quickly, two, three years, I, I just wish there was a security consultant that would help in this, uh, you know, transition, right? Sorry. You no, yeah, I think the, uh, the other side of it is when people are thinking about devices, and they're bringing in a 5G LAN solution into, the, into their network, they probably already have devices that they are using. They probably already have their LAN infrastructure. They have security policies defined for those, whether it's a healthcare organization, whether it's retail, whether it's warehouses. What they're introducing is this new access layer in between, right? And they want to understand how this can actually fit into that existing security framework that they already have, whether it's zero trust or whatever they have put in place. So I think that's where the important piece here will be any solution that wants to cater to enterprises we'll have to figure out how it can seamlessly fit into that existing security framework because I'm sure Jennifer will vouch for that. People have already put in a lot of work and effort to actually put that security framework in place. So how do you fit into that? I think that's going to be the biggest challenge and also the biggest differentiation. Uh, we're not taking questions right now, yeah. Oh, got it. Uh, any more discussion on that topic or should we go to the next one? Okay. All right, we'll, we'll wrap up with this, and then maybe we'll take questions after we're done with this last question uh, from, from us. Uh, the last question here is, um, how will the adoption of private 5G and 5G LANs uh, change enterprise wireless strategy and Wi-Fi networks as well? So what are we seeing, like how is the adoption of this technology changing what enterprises are already doing today with, with existing systems? Yeah, we're, we're seeing this um, in very large, like Big Pharma, for example, wants to deploy IoT, right? They looked at doing this over, over Wi-Fi, but now they're actually looking at, at private cellular as a strategy uh, to be able to deploy these things, right? To, to deploy uh, gateways, gateways to LoRaWAN, gateways to you know other things that they have out there that don't require wires, right? We're talking about like manufacturing floors. The strategy was we're going to drop cable down to every manufacturing cell, and there's a significant cost every time they retool and every time they move 
So with, with 4G LTE and actually, you know, with, with Solana, being able to basically, in essence, trunk VLANs and to do those types of things, now they can actually do this wirelessly and still rely on it as though it's wired, right? So customers are looking at this and they're looking away from structured cabling and looking at private 4G, 5G, you know, to replace that. So a couple of things. Uh, first of all, you know, the added spectrum, um, like some people say, I'll take all the spectrum I can get. And, and this is like, this is added spectrum, then this is added quality. But then, uh, you, you know, in, so, in some cases, you also, of course, you have, you know, more systems to manage. This goes back to the AP, API discussion, all of that. But it's, to me, it's like, added spectrum, added capacity, added quality, and so, some, uh, you, you know, added complexity, uh, which, which you need to account for. L luckily, you know, uh, si systems like Solana, oh, that's... Uh... I, I think a page is coming in from, from Mist for you, you see? Is that from Mist? Okay, UC has to run. He's he's heading back to Mist. <laughs> uh, to do a panel. Oh, oh, okay, to do a panel, okay. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank, Thank you. I think just one other point is that I think at least the conversation that I'm having with the enterprises, coexistence, right? Coexistence of these two technologies, what does it mean? Like in some cases it could be, okay, I need to run certain applications on a, on a 5G LAN network. I need to run certain applications on Wi-Fi. What does that segregation look like? And then I think over time, what is, how does, the, the, going back to your previous question, what does the convergence of this kind of look like? Does it mean that you have multiple radios on a single infrastructure or some other kind of single pane of glass view, whatever it is? So the convergence and coexistence is, I think, something that's going on in a lot of the folks' minds right now. And they, they know that the solution is not there right now, but they want to see that we have a path towards getting there. Yeah, and so are, are we seeing, you know, maybe across this panel, are we seeing a lot of CIO-level conversations about how they adopt wireless technologies in general across multiple Wi-Fi, 4G, 5G, IoT into their enterprise to serve their business needs and, and form a coherent strategy around that? Or are we still a little too early? Are they kind of just taking it as it comes right now and trying to develop that strategy? Um, I think it's changed a lot. Like, previously, people think in silos, like... Um, if I talk five years back when I used to respond to RFP, the seller side of it, they only used to ask for, you do seller, Wi-Fi will be there. But now what they're looking at is more and more RFP coming up, like they get GCs up there. They're not only planning for Wi-Fi, they're planning for CBRS because they think they can add a value to it. And, and they think you're a seller everything because majority of people, they don't have landlines, so they have cell phones. So salespeople cannot miss the call, CEO cannot miss the call. Wi-Fi can do that, but they prefer their own seller phones and stuff, that's one ticket. So there's a lot of things have approached have changed. Now, when you have a new building coming up, GCs don't ask for just particular one thing, they ask for everything. So that is change happened. Um, just want to give you an example. Uh, two years back, I responded to RFP. Most airport RFPs was just seller RFPs. They had Wi-Fi, which they already have, so they say they cover up. But they want CBRS, and I asked ask question, what are you going to do with this CBRS? And so the answer was like, hey, we have a lot of restaurants up here. We have long wait time. And a lot of customers, they serve it, they did. They don't wait, they just run away because they say two long lines. So they wanted to implement CBRS networks so they can still add a service to their restaurant. Or plus they want to think, they thought that they can also add a value. If people go to flying and they need food, they can bring that. So people are thinking a lot of the out of the box approach up there and there's a lot of value. So I think there's a convergence happen and there's happening more and more. 
Yeah, I guess I'm really piggybacking on that because a lot of what I do do is consult with, with sea levels. Um, we are in a world of, of, don't shoot me for saying digital transformation. It's a real thing. I mean, really, it, the organizations are finally starting to say, how can IT impact our bottom line instead of just being a cost house, right? How can we make money with technology, do what we do better, serve our customers better and be more profitable while we're doing that? maybe even be more environmentally friendly, whatever. And so I think all of these these projects and programs have have executive and board level visibility. And in fact, I think that's where it's, they're getting driven from because, you know, the technologists, frankly, we're drowning and, and we're, you know, 10 feet underwater and tied down to cinder, cinder block and trying to swim our way out all the time. And it's the executives that are sitting up here thinking a little, you know, high in the sky. And so that C level, those CIOs and CTOs are who's driving these initiatives of find a better way to do it. And if you look at the use cases, and I bet you've got some cool ones too, but if you walk into a hospital and we can't, we, with Wi-Fi, like we can't really guarantee a, a nurse, you know, paging badge that's gonna work, especially in elevators, um, and both Sarah badges and stuff, or, um, you're on a university campus and they have those blue, the, the blue emergency things, right? If something really bad happens in the middle of nowhere, you hit the thing and somebody comes. These places are, it's hard to get wired lines. And that's what everybody's been doing is you, you can't get a connection there. Um, well, not can't, but you, you can't get a quality Wi-Fi connection there. You're not going to rely on Wi-Fi or the other technologies necessarily for that sort of connectivity. And the use cases just keep piling on and piling on. And it's parking meters and it's, you know, backhauls and it's, all of these things where we've really had an opportunity for this technology or a technology, but what we had really just didn't fit without a lot of finagling um, and it still wasn't guaranteed. I, I just like there's so many problems we can solve now that we couldn't solve or they were not cost effective before. Actually, to add to that, there's a different conversation that's happening at the, C at the CIO level is do we build our own or do we go to a Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T and, you know, shave off a, a portion, you know, to use for that. There's a lot of disadvantages for doing that and one of them was cost. So we actually did a study for a major utility and uh, the cost was actually to build yourself with, you know, your own private as opposed to leasing that from a carrier was astronomical. <laughs> leasing it from a carrier was astronomical. Um, you know, on a on a year to year, year over year, you know, and with a fifteen year, you know, like a utility company has a fifteen year realization, right, of investment, and there was no there was no comparison from a cost perspective. So, uh, CIOs, um, even you know, CTOs are looking at this as you know, do I build this myself or do I do it with a carrier? The carrier might give you all the hardware, but you've got this uh, you know operational expense. You know that'll last for for decades. So. Yeah, I want to add, add one thing yeah. that because that's a really important point. So, coming from the world of infosec and working with a lot of CISOs, interestingly, reading all of the different surveys and talking to, to different CISOs, different organizations, the the number one thing across all of these surveys they're worried about is data privacy, and with five G in general. Now. One of the things I'm particularly kind of fond of Sona for is that you, you, the organization has control over where that core and that data path is. So, you know, as soon as you start talking about a managed service from a carrier or 
even some others, that packet core is somewhere else under somebody else's control. That data path and your data is not in your control anymore. You don't know what they're doing with it. Now, not, not like they're getting in there and stealing your intellectual property, but the, the metadata, the patterns of behavior, um, there's a lot of indicators that can be used for all kinds of purposes, whether it's just monetization um, and marketing purposes or something a little bit more nefarious than that. Um, so the, the privacy concern is, is huge within the security um, sector within the CISO world. I just want to add one thing to it. So the difference between Wi-Fi and cellular world is one of the biggest things. It's, it's a free spectrum. It's a paid spectrum. Paids are very expensive. They spend, Verizon spent $35 billion to get C-band spectrum because they were competing as T-Mobile, T-Mobile purchased Sprint. It's because if you want to say true 5G, they need a bigger bandwidth. The fact is cellular uh, operators don't have that much fun to cover every building. 85% of user traffic, cell phone traffic, is inside the building. Wi-Fi, who pays for it? Enterprise customer. Seller pay for it. Operators. I think most and sooner or later, I think the mindset of the operator is also changing and say, hey, enterprise, you pay for it. Even if it's a private LTE network, they prefer their network, but it's a cost to it. But they'll prefer a private LTE network or other networks, CBRS networks, which they can piggyback on. So this mindset is changing. Surely slow and steady but it'll be changing because the cost of doing business and cost of providing coverage inside the building is expensive. It's not easy. It's like dollar to $4 square feet, but in big venue, you cannot cover it. So change is coming. It's slow there, but I think the convergence is going to happen sooner or later. Okay. Any, any last thoughts? Otherwise, I'll open it up for questions. Actually, I heard, I heard you say something interesting. Is it's not true 5G unless it's millimeter wave. Sorry? Don't, it's not true 5G unless it's millimeter wave. It, did I get, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, no, no, that's true. So 5G is like um, people just combine together everything. It's just like a, like a car. Whether you're Mercedes, Bentley, everything is car and thing. The reason is like when people use 5G, 4G do great. They work great. The people thought about using 5G's bigger spectrum. So what happened is AT&T, Verizon spent a millimeter wave. Millimeter wave, you know, 60 gigahertz. Why nobody use 60 gigahertz other than backhaul and Wi-Fi? Because it doesn't work inside the building. Where the traffic is, you don't have a lot of coverage. So the challenge was to getting a lot of coverage inside the building. So when, when T-Mobile purchased Sprint, they got 194 megahertz spectrum, which is pretty big chunk. Everywhere else operator have to work to provide a good bandwidth to them. So they spend money on C-band. If you've never seen how much money they spend on C-band, Look at it, $35 billion. Because every time I looked at it, it's like, okay, somebody must be getting heart attack for that. So yeah, it's not. So 5G include multiple spectrum, C-bands, millimeter wave. Even you can use 850 megahertz and call 5G. So. Yeah, just, just to top that off, it was funny because you, you hear all the marketing and all the hype. We go through a lot of this with customers is, you know, they want it fast. They want it, in, which really, they expect it to be faster than Wi-Fi 6, you know, and Wi-Fi 7. But it's like, not in the private space. I mean, that's kind of where the expectation is. Okay. I think we'll open it up for questions. I know we had a few. Sorry I had to table you to the end. But um, Jerry, we'll lead with you. And if anybody else has a question, let me know. Excellent. Thank you. Great panel. So. Um, when we're talking about augmenting enterprise networks with 5G, private LTE, and then migrating those applications over, we have some security concerns with PCI compliance and, and whatnot, right? So are we concerned that that's gonna cause a drag on adoption of this kind of network, or we maybe see the opposite of that, where the adoption is so fast that the compliance is not caught up with it and any issues there? 
I can speak to from an IT OT perspective where a lot of those applications existed in the data center. Now, um, with user plane function breaking out where you actually have it locally, and actually Sloan is great because I can put a PSE in a closet now or in a, you know, even in an IDF where I can have machine to machine you know, on the same line communicating through the same E node B instead of having to haul all that back you know, to a carrier or even hauling it back to a data center. It provides a lot more flexibility. I think it's actually better because you can place these components, these UPF functions and, and, and pieces of the core where they make sense, right? It's distributed now. It's not like you have to drag everything you know, back to a data center and just to haul it all back, which creates that complexity. I think it actually simplifies it. Um, again, I'm not very good in Wi-Fi security part of it. I think I'm horrible in that. Um, and I don't know how you guys do it, but it's an amazing job. So I think the new integration is bringing best of both worlds. So like for example, the Solana application, right? They use over the air, they use CBRS, LT application, it's very secure. But then the data network is there, it's connected to cable. Hacking that is difficult. When I saw Mike's presentation, Mike is not here, I shut down my Wi-Fi on my phone. I say, I don't want to see him. So, okay, Mike, because I shut down. I said, awesome, I want to do that, but I cannot, even I, I'm an engineer, not as good as Mike, he's awesome. I saw his presentation, it was pretty cool. But you cannot do things like that off the air. You cannot capture the packets, you cannot see that. So this off the air is secure. Now somebody have to go to their network, connect to it. Uh, trust me, you have other problems, not security problems. So I think it's the best of the both world, you can see it, their application. So. so so, do we need rogue E node B and G node B detection now? <laughs> Don't know that. <laughs> Here, rogue Actually. <laughs> No, and I mean, that's the thing, like the, the, and again, I'm like, I'm always, I'm, I'm a technologist, so I'm, I'm always like, there's an asterisk and a caveat with everything. But if, if you just take Wi-Fi out of the box, or you take any other standard Bluetoothy type, you know, 15.4 technology for IoT stuff out of the box, and you take Wi-Fi out of the box, and you take cellular, private cellular out of the box, and you set it up, the, the, the private cellular network, 100% of the time, will be more secure than what you're doing over here. Now, again, there's a little asterisk and caveats with that. So from a compliance standpoint, it's silly things. It's like, if it's gonna be in scope, so back where that packet core is, so if you're using something like Solona and it's in your environment, it's just in your, if, it's, if, you, if you're using it for point of sale, it's just within your normal scope and you go, yes, it's encrypted and yes, there's firewall policies, look auditor. If that packet core is hosted by a carrier and it's somewhere else, um, it's in scope, but you, so you've got to kind of put that in scope and, and treat it um, as though you would something else in, um, egressing out to an untrusted network and do a, do a little bit of stuff around that. So, you know, back to that thing with the frameworks where they're not really Wi-Fi specific. Um, so I think there's enough of us out there um, right, right working in this space that, that can be comfortable with the auditors for things that are audited because a lot of, a lot of compliance is not audited. You know, you look at things like HIPAA, that's not audited, but you're going to get slapped with some juicy little fines if somebody finds you in violation. So there, there's enough people out there that understand the technology and understand how to map it for auditors. Um, but I think we're in a pretty good place. I think there's there's questions that have to be answered. And back to that C-level you know, question, the CISOs, they, they need to have a warm, fuzzy feeling that we're at least where we were before and, and not backsliding. And I think that's easy to demonstrate. I think uh, it's not just about this technology. If you are working with an enterprise in this day and day and age, going through 
security reviews and questionnaire is just part of doing business now. So that's, I think, applicable to any technology that's going in, nothing particular to this one. So you have to have that bar that you need to meet to kind of be enterprise ready. And I think that just means that for technologies like ourselves and others, technology vendors, security is just part of our DNA and we just have to keep that in top of our mind, right? And that's why we work <laughs> with the likes of Jennifer and others just so that they keep us in line and understand what is expected from the CISOs and the CIOs and how do we make sure that we are meeting that bar. Okay, any other questions? Nope, okay. Well, thank you everyone and uh, appreciate your participation on the panel and that'll wrap it up for us.